report of meetings of Scientific Advisory Panel on Unidentified Flying Objects, convened by Office of Scientific Intelligence, CIA, January 14th to 18th, 1953, written by read by Graham Dunlop. This has been an Adult Brain audiobook production. Memorandum for Assistant Director for Scientific Intelligence, 16th February 1953, from Subject Report of Meetings of the Office of Scientific Intelligence Scientific Advisory Panel on Unidentified Flying Objects, January 14th to 18th, 1953. Purpose The purpose of this memorandum is to present A. A brief history of the meetings of the OSI Advisory Panel on Unidentified Flying Objects, Part 1, and B. An unofficial supplement to the official panel report to AD-SI, setting forth comments and suggestions of the panel members which they believed were inappropriate for inclusion in the formal report, Part 2. Part 1. History of Meetings General After consideration of the subject of unidentified flying objects at the 4th December meeting of the Intelligence Advisory Committee, the following action was agreed. The Director of Central Intelligence will A. Enlist the services of selected scientists to review and appraise the available evidence in the light of pertinent scientific theories. Following the delegation of this action to the Assistant Director for Scientific Intelligence and Preliminary Investigation, an advisory panel of selected scientists was assembled. In cooperation with the Air Technical Intelligence Center, ATIC, ATIC, case histories of reported sightings and related material were made available for their study and consideration. Present at the initial meeting, 9.30 Wednesday, 14th January, were W&E Division and the writer. Panel member was absent until Friday afternoon were present throughout the sessions to familiarize themselves with the subject, represent the substantive interest of their divisions, and assist in administrative support of the meetings. A list of personnel concerned with the meetings is given in tab A. Wednesday morning. The AD-SI opened the meeting, reviewing CIA interest in the subject and action taken. This review included the mention of the OSI study group of August 1952 culminating in the briefing of the DCI, the ATIC, November 21st briefing, 4th December, IAC consideration, visit to ATIC, Chadwell, and OSI concern over potential dangers to national security indirectly related to these sightings. Mr. enumerated these potential dangers. Following this introduction, Dr. Chadwell turned the meeting over to as chairman of the panel, enumerated the evidence available and requested consideration of specific reports and letters to be taken by certain individuals present. Tab B. For example, case histories involving radar or radar and visual sightings were selected for, while reports of green fireball phenomena, nocturnal lights, and suggested programs of investigations were routed to 
Following these remarks, the motion pictures of the sightings at Tremonton, Utah, 2nd July 1952, and Great Falls, Montana, 15th August 1950, were shown. The meeting adjourned at 1200. Wednesday afternoon, the second meeting of the panel opened at 1400. Lieutenant R.S. Nisham, USN, and Mr. Harry Wu of the USN Photo Interpretation Laboratory, Anacostia, presented the results of their analysis of the films mentioned above. This analysis evolved considerable discussion as elaborated upon below. Besides panel members and CIA personnel, Captain E.J. Ruppelt, Dr. J. Allen Nynak, I believe that's a typo, it should be Hynek, Captain Harry B. Smith, 2-E-2, and Dr. Stephen Posseny were present. Following the photo interpretation lab presentation, Mr. E.J. Ruppelt spoke for about 40 minutes on ATEC methods of handling and evaluating reports of sightings and their efforts to improve the quality of reports. The meeting was adjourned at 1715. Thursday morning. The third and fourth meetings of the panel were held Thursday, 15th January, commencing at 900, with a two-hour break for luncheon. Besides panel members and CIA personnel, Mr. Ruppelt and Dr. Heineck, here it's spelt properly, were present for both sessions. In the morning, Mr. Ruppelt continued his briefing on ATIC collection and analysis procedures. The Project Stork, support at Battelle Memorial Institute, Columbus, was described by Dr. Heineck. A number of case histories were discussed in detail and a motion picture film of seagulls was shown. A two-hour break for lunch was taken at 1200. Thursday afternoon, at 1400, gave a 40-minute briefing of Project Twinkle, the investigatory project conducted by the Air Force Meteorological Research Center at Cambridge, Mass. In this briefing, he pointed out the many problems of setting up and manning 24-hour instrumentation watches of patrol cameras searching for sightings of UFOs. At 1615, Brigadier General William M. Garland joined the meeting with AD-SI. General Garland expressed his support of the panel's efforts and stated three personal opinions. A. The greater use of Air Force intelligence officers in the field for follow-up investigation appeared desirable, but that they required thorough briefing. B that vigorous effort should be made to declassify as many of the reports as possible. C. That some increase in the ATIC section devoted to UFO analysis was indicated. This meeting was adjourned at 1700. Friday morning. The fifth session of the panel convened at 900, with the same personnel present as enumerated for Thursday, with the exception of Brigadier General Garland. From 900 to 100, this must mean 1000, there was general discussion and study of reference material. Also, Dr. Heineck read a prepared paper making certain observations and conclusions. At 1000, gave a briefing on his 15 months' experience in Washington as Project Office for UFOs and his personal conclusions. There was considerable discussion of individual case histories of sightings to which he referred. Following presentation, a number of additional case histories were examined and discussed with Mr. Ruppelt and Heineck. The meeting adjourned at 1200 for luncheon. Friday afternoon. 
This session opened at 1400. Besides panel members and CIA personnel, Dr. Hynek was present. As panel member was present at this meeting for the first time. Progress of the meetings was reviewed by the panel chairman and tentative conclusions reached. A general discussion followed and tentative recommendations considered. It was agreed that the chairman should draft a report of the panel to AD-SI that evening for review by the panel the next morning. The meeting adjourned at 17.15. Saturday morning. At 09.45, the chairman opened the seventh session and submitted a rough draft of the panel report to the members. This draft had been reviewed and approved earlier by... The next two and one half hours was consumed in discussion and revision of the draft. At 1100, the AD-SI joined the meeting and reported that he had shown and discussed a copy of the initial rough draft to the Director of Intelligence, USAF, whose reaction was favorable. At 1200, the meeting was adjourned. Saturday afternoon, at 1400, the eighth and final meeting of the panel was opened. Discussions and rewording of certain sentences of the report occupied the first hour. A copy of the final report is appended as tab C. This was followed by a review of work accomplished by the panel and restatement of individual panel members' opinions and suggestions on details that were felt inappropriate for inclusion in the formal report. It was agreed that the writer would incorporate these comments in an internal report to the AD-SI. The material below represents this information. Part 6, which I believe is a typo, should say Part 2. Comments and Suggestions of Panel General The panel members were impressed, as have been others, including OSI personnel, in the lack of sound data in the great majority of case histories. Also, in the lack of speedy follow-up due primarily to the modest size and limited facilities of the ATIC section concerned. Among the case histories of significant sightings discussed in detail were the following. Bellefontaine, Ohio, 1st August, 1952. Tremonton, Utah, 2nd July, 1952. Great Falls, Montana, 15th August, 1950. Yak, Montana, 1st September, 1952. Washington, D.C. area, 19th July, 1952, and Haneda, Air Force Base, Japan, 5th August, 1952, Fort Huron, Michigan, 29th July, 1952, and Presque Isle, Maine, 10th October, 1952. After review and discussion of these cases, and about 15 others in less detail, the panel concluded that reasonable explanations could be suggested for most sightings and by deduction and scientific method, it could be induced, given additional data, that other cases might be explained in a similar manner. The panel pointed out that because of the brevity of some sightings, example two to three seconds and the inability of the witnesses to express themselves clearly, sometimes, that conclusive explanations could not be expected for every case reported. Furthermore, it was considered that normally it would be a great waste of effort to try to solve most of the sightings, unless such action would benefit a training and educational program. See below. 
The writings of Charles Fort were referenced to show that strange things in the sky had been recorded for hundreds of years. It appeared obvious that there was no single explanation for a majority of the things seen. The presence of radar and astronomical specialists on the panel proved of value at once in their confident recognition of phenomena related to their fields. It was apparent that specialists in such additional fields as psychology, meteorology, aerodynamics, ornithology, and military air operations would extend the ability of the panel to recognize many more categories of little-known phenomena. On lack of danger The panel concluded unanimously that there was no evidence of a direct threat to national security in the object cited. Instances of Foo Fighters were cited. These were unexplained phenomena cited by aircraft pilots during World War II in both European and Far East theaters of operation, wherein balls of light would fly near or with the aircraft and maneuver rapidly. They were believed to be electrostatic, similar to St. Elmo's fire, or electromagnetic phenomena, or possibly light reflections from ice crystals in the air but their exact cause or nature was never defined. Both had been concerned in the investigation of these phenomena, but David T. Griggs, professor of geophysics at the University of California at Los Angeles, is believed to have been the most knowledgeable person on this subject. If the term flying saucers had been popular in 1943 to 1945, these objects would have been so labeled. It was interesting that in at least two cases reviewed that the object cited was categorized by as probably Foo Fighters to date unexplained but not dangerous. They were not happy thus to dismiss the sightings by calling them names. It was their feeling that these phenomena are not beyond the domain of present knowledge of physical science. However, Air Force Reporting System it was the panel's opinion that some of the Air Force concern over UFOs, notwithstanding Air Defense Command anxiety over fast radar tracks, was probably caused by public pressure. The result today is that the Air Force has instituted a fine channel for receiving reports of nearly anything anyone sees in the sky and fails to understand. This has been particularly encouraged in popular articles on this and other subjects such as space travel and science fiction. The result is a mass receipt of low-grade reports which tend to overload channels of communication with material quite irrelevant to hostile objects that might someday appear. The panel agreed generally that this mass of poor-quality reports containing little, if any, scientific data was of no value. Quite the opposite, it was possibly dangerous in having a military service foster public concern in nocturnal meandering lights. The implication being, since the interested agency was military, that these objects were or might be potential direct threats to national security. Accordingly, the need for de-emphasization made itself apparent. Comments on a possible education program are enumerated below. Thank you for listening to this sample. To continue listening to this book and for access to all of our other full audiobooks, please subscribe for $7.77 per month. Go to adultbrain.ca or follow the link in the show notes.
This will be a completely separate podcast with a new RSS feed and will have all the titles from this feed as well. Thank you for your help and support in bringing rare and forgotten books to audio for the world.